The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Sometimes this podcast is so great, it goes more than once a day, including today. And that's just because the nature of the way that things are sort of unfolding around the NFL means that we have lots of NFL news without any actual preseason games to create the news. But there's like the typical news cycle happening. But we also want to get you prepped for the season. So we're doing that. We got gambling week this week. Tons of great content there. And we are going to be doing our additional news type shows here as well, including today's podcast, which will be a news mailbag combo with myself, John Breach, and Ryan Wilson, if we can convince John to stop looking away from the camera to watch U.S. Open matches. If you want to see us on the camera, by the way, youtube.com slash pick six. As we get geared up for the season, it would be awesome if you guys would go to youtube.com slash pick six and hit the subscribe button. We're in a race to win a pizza party and it expires, I think, at like September 15th or something like that. So go there now. Just stop what you're doing. Go to youtube.com slash pick six. Open up your app. Hit the subscribe button. If we can get to a certain number, we will get a pizza party and we'll invite you with us. Brian Wilson, John Breach, how are we doing, fellas? Hey, Breach, how's your uh, how's your tennis game? You seem like you might sneakily be not terrible at tennis. Well, my tennis game, I actually played in high school. I don't even uh-huh. know why, where this question came from, uh, but I did play in high school, and I think I could smash Brenton if that's where you're going with this, Wilson. False. Fake news. Oh, wait, I thought you were watching U.S. Open Tennis. What are you watching? I'm watching U.S. Open Tennis. Yeah, that's where the question came from, Breach. Yeah. <laughs> Breach saw a squirrel. I was like, squirrel, look. <laughs> no, I tuned Brenton out after the first six words. So was, I haven't been on the podcast in two weeks. I don't know what's going on anymore. I thought we were still not talking to Brenton. I guess we are now. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Let me ask a, an independent observer. If you were setting the line, Debo, on the Breach versus Brenton tennis match, who you like? Brenton, how do these odds work in tennis? So you can do one of two things in tennis. You can do the money line. Which is just like, you know, who wins? All right, I'll do, I'll do that, but tell me more. Okay, but you can also do game line. So like, uh, for instance, uh, Medvedev, who's like one of the top three men's sees at the US Open is a six and a half point game favorite. So he's got to win by six and a half games. Right. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Interesting. Okay, All right. So. I'm, I'm well, making some of these guys, some of these guys in the early going are just huge favorites. You know, like right. it's like the Chiefs, like you're not going to take the Chiefs money line because it's too expensive. So you want to take the spread. I am taking breach in literally every other sport, but I'm setting Brinson at minus one eighty in tennis. What? Minus one eighty? And you've I, neither you've seen neither play, right? No, but I've heard Brinson talk about tennis a lot more than I've heard Breach talk about tennis. Well the I, play, is, I, I play once a week. I'm playing tonight. I play at least once a week. And Breach says he hadn't played since high school. Breach, like first of all, Breach, I'm not I would bet that Breach probably doesn't have a racket. I didn't say I haven't played since high school. I said I played in high school. Brinson, classic Brinson, misconstruing <laughs> the statement completely, although I have not played in about a year and a half, so it has been a Ooh, while. Just a year and a half. Very interesting. All right. Well, put it on the – uh, That's fine. Look, tennis is weird. 
tennis is weird. Mentally, you like tennis is a game of momentum. Like if I'm out there going against Breach and I'm a heavy favorite and Breach gets the first three games, all of a sudden I'm playing, I'm on my heels. I'm sort of panicking a little bit. Breach gets one set and you know, who knows? Well, and the flip side of that is tennis is a game of, you know, if someone's better than you. So if I get out there and Brinson <laughs> wins the first three games, I don't score a point. My confidence is shot. It's yeah. over. I'm not winning. So it would be pretty clear with the first set, you know, who's going to win or whether it's going to go all three sets and be crazy. Now I'll say that I watched on Wednesday morning, I watched a matchup between a French girl and a Russian girl at the U S open. And they're both one, the French girl was seated and the Russian was not. Um, but they, the, the French girl got up, won the first set six, one, then got up five, one in the second set. And it's just over. It's the best of three sets in, in women's tennis. And she like took her foot off the gas the Russian storms back, wins the second seven six, and like the mentally, the French girl was gone, and she lost the third set six zero. Wow, that's a spanking. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a uh, supporter in Debo. Um, actually, Breach Breach doesn't even seem that confident in his skill, so maybe you are better. I mean, I think if I'm playing once a week and Breach hadn't played in a year and a half, and may or may not be lying about playing in high school, and may or may not be <laughs> lying about having a bracket. Uh, 180 is probably pretty cheap. I would Breach, lay the Breach ran a two hour marathon to the tennis match in high school. <laughs> I would lay the juice. I wouldn't want what, so what do you think Breach's odds are as the dog here? Uh, plus 150 maybe? Yeah, I was going to say plus 150, 160. Oh, yeah. I'm betting on me then. Big money. <laughs> we have yeah, we have I, lots of activities to complete when whenever we're able to to meet together yeah. again. There's some stuff to knock out. Tennis, Breach throwing a football 50 yards. Oh right, 40, yeah, that. 40. What else? It's forty yards. I think we're running the we're running the forty, aren't we? It's just fifteen yards. Now that oh. uh, beep is gone, we got to see who's the fastest guy left. Yeah, I guess so. And then Debo needs to have the basketball section so he can dominate. He can dunk on us. Imagine people turning this on for a football podcast and they get ten minutes of tennis talk to start. They, everybody loves us. I know it. All right, let's well let's let's talk football then. Uh, first up, Dwayne Haskins. Named QB1 by Ron Rivera. He will start for the Washington football team. He made the mistake on Twitter. Typed in our skins instead of Washington football team. Immediately got 15 replies. Like, ah, you mean who? Who? Jay Jones did it too. Mm. Look, I just stopped saying San Diego for the Chargers this year. I'm going to say our skins like once a week at least. Should we start like a swear job, a swear jar or something like that? Yeah. Put it towards your hair plug donation Definitely. fund. Or we can put it towards strong bleep's legal defense fund. <laughs> right. So if you reference bleep, we need to come up with that, like a a, a point system or a swear, like a like. Yeah, you're the only one that falls for it. It seems like. If you say bleep's name, or if you say our skins instead of Washington football team, you got to put a quarter in the jar, and then uh-huh. we'll use it to buy beers at the Super Bowl or something. I was gonna I mean, say donate to a good cause, but that too. <laughs> Charity works. Princeton's drinking money is a good cause. And if we're doing a quarter of pop, you must have no confidence in yourself to, to say the right thing. Should we do a do- oh, dollar or like a penny? No, like, like a, not a quarter. How, how many times are you going to say it? Like a, a dollar it is more Six of a deterrent. Pence. I have zero confidence. I mean, I just tweeted it. Like I didn't even think nah, about it. Fair enough. I mean, I will say this. The, all the writers, like uh, Peter King and... Uh, who, I don't remember who else did it. I know Peter King was the first one to do it. He was like, we are not using the R word in print this, several years ago. Hey, I mean, Our in hindsight, Demon has been adhering to that for years now. Yeah. But in hindsight, that was great prep for the eventual name right. change that you now have. You're used to not saying it. I'm going to say it a ton. 
Uh, any surprise here with Dwayne Haskins being named QB1? No, I think the Alex Smith returns to football is an amazing story, but I don't think anyone expected him to return to football and then two weeks later be the starting quarterback. That would be also an amazing story, but it would probably be a, a bigger indictment that Dwayne Haskins has, is truly terrible through the first few weeks of training camp. So Dwayne Haskins got into better shape in the offseason. I know when I would talk to our buddy Chad Dukes uh, in D.C. on the radio, he said, is that such a big deal? I mean, great, the professional athlete's in better shape. But I think it points to him taking his job more seriously, and, and that's <laughs> – Certainly important, but this um, is the best. He's like, right, right, great, the guy, the professional athletes right. in shape, fantastic. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not surprised by it. I think in the the list of things that have happened uh, in Washington to this football team over the last four months, this is probably dead last in the list of things that should be surprising. Yeah, it would have been a surprise if Kyle Allen won the job. And what would that have said about <laughs> the team and their drafting abilities if he had won the job over Haskins? I think this was a no-brain decision. You can't give the job to Alex Smith right now. Maybe if he feels better and looks more comfortable later in the season and looks like the quarterback he was last year that you think about it. Uh, but you have to go with Dwayne Haskins out of the gate, see what he can do. And I feel like they have some winnable games. That The the, the openers against the Eagles, it's in Washington. Wait a, sec- wait a second. You're saying that's a winnable game for the Redskins? Can you let me Oh, put it in the jar! Uh, oh! <laughs> Breach duped me into saying it with that stupid comment. Go ahead, Breach. Well, it's it's the opener, and neither of these teams have a preseason. Carson Wentz is battling a soft tissue injury. He's going to be limping all over the field. It's an opener. Anything can happen in an opener. I mean, the Eagles are obviously going to be favored in this game. I am going to pick Philadelphia to win, but it's not outside the realm of craziness that Washington wins. Then you get the Cardinals and the Browns, which, you know, again, I think Arizona and Cleveland both win those games, but they're winnable for Washington. Uh, so, you know, he comes out, he goes three and L all of a sudden you're like, we have an all-star quarterback, but if he goes zero and three, then you're like, Hey, Alex, can you play yet, man? Cause we need to get Dwayne off the field. I don't think it matters what, I mean, if it was zero and three, Washington is going to suddenly be like, well, that's it. There goes our perfect season. Got to get rid of Dwayne Haskins. No, they're going to play, just play him 16 games. You've made, you've got, if you are Ron Rivera, aside from having, you know, to deal with cancer this season, uh, you're in a pretty good spot in terms of how you've reworked this team. And Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, is currently pretty leveraged. He can't really be an a-hole to Ron Rivera if Ron Rivera makes decisions. So I think the way to play this is to to get Dwayne Haskins out there for 16 games, assuming full health, assuming full season. You evaluate him over those 16 games, and then you can make a call this offseason about the draft. There's no reason to start Alex Smith. There's no reason if 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 you're zero and zero and eight and Haskins looks completely lost and is flailing around, maybe you go to Kyle. That's fine, but you need to get an evaluation of Dwayne Haskins in your system to see if it works. You need to maximize your Scott Turner's time as offensive coordinator with Dwayne Haskins. Get the full sixteen games, and then this is not supposed to be a season where the Washington Football Team is going to win the Super Bowl or win the division. They win six games. Everyone will applaud loudly for Ron Rivera and or Jack Del Rio and probably for Dwayne Haskins. So just give him 16 games, find out what you have. And then if he stinks after this 16 games or you're not sure what you have, you'll have the cachet to go back to the draft and say, listen, Dan, buddy, I know your son went to high school with him, but we've really got to go with Trevor Lawrence here first overall. So let me ask you, let me ask you this real quick. 
I was just going to say my point real quick to Brinson going against the third week benching. Yeah, I don't think they should bench him for Kyle Allen. It would only be if Alex Smith looks phenomenal in practice because if you start 0-8 and and Alex Smith looks good, you're not putting Alex Smith on the field for an 0-8 team and risking him getting injured again. You'd have to make the decision early in the season and say, hey, we can still do things. We could maybe still win the division. So it would have to be something that happens within the first month. So if Dwayne Haskins goes out there, completes 40% of his passes, throws two touchdowns and 12 interceptions in the first three games, and Alex Smith is crushing it in practice, uh, then you at least have to think about it. Well, let me ask you, what's, yes. what's in the best long-term um, health, quote-unquote, for the Redskins? 4-12 and 12 this year with Dwayne Haskins, or you go 7-9 and nine with Alex Smith? I, well, I've, the answer is four and twelve with Dwayne Haskins, right. and the, but the presumption that Alex Smith is going to go seven and nine and like well, just to, this, just to feed into to Breach's point. I mean, you want to win four games, so you're in position to, to you're going to be fighting the Jaguars tooth and nail if you're going to be the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes if this thing doesn't work out. But there are other quarterbacks you can get as well. But you don't want to be seven and nine. That's the absolute last thing you want to be if you're the Redskins. Yeah, I. <laughs> God dang it. We gotta get a new sound drop just for every time Ryan made fun of me. Like, you think you can't control yourself with our word? You said it three times on this podcast already. How <laughs> drunk is gonna Brinson gonna be with this Washington? <laughs> I've already I've already started a tote board. Wilson two, Brinson breach zero. Yeah, no, I got one. And I'm tallying uh, what Brinson's blood alcohol level is gonna be with all the money in the jar. Well, it's gonna be higher too. I'll tell you that. Uh, the uh, by the way, if you've got a good suggestion for a sound drop for every time one of us says the R word. Send along, or you like the idea? We'll 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 bang it out, and we'll uh, we'll make sure we kill people for saying it. Okay, moving along in the that that's not surprising. You know what else is not surprising? Mm-hmm. That a a guy in a, a running back, a running back, a talented running back like Alvin Kamara wants to get paid, and so naturally you have Kamara's agents and the Saints doing the little media tango which they've been doing the past week, it started with Alvin Kamara say, like basically acting like he was hurt. And he had to get, what did he get, he get a shot? Uh, it was like epidural. A, an epidural. Yeah. Ooh. So we'll get to Joe Mixon in a second, but Joe Mixon had some migraines, and that's why he couldn't practice. Yeah, and then they jammed some cash in his ear, and he came back to practice. Kamara had an, got an epidural done, and shortly thereafter, so where he's like, you know, maybe I'm hurt. Maybe I can't play for you this year, you know. Maybe, what are you going to do if you're really injured? You can't go out there and play. Sorry. Uh, shortly thereafter, it's floated, uh, or reported, excuse me, by Josina Anderson of ESPN that the Saints, not of ESPN, formerly of ESPN. Yeah, yeah. Who's she with now? I think she's doing her own thing, breaking news hey, right on. on, on the freelance. Well, there you go. So Josina Anderson, independently of JosinaAnderson.biz, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what site she's using. Anyway, she said that, uh, that she reported that the Saints, are open to trading Kamara. So I'll ask you this, Wilson, buy or sell the, the New Orleans Saints would actually trade Alvin Kamara. No, because there's not a team that's going to give a first-round pick for Alvin Kamara, I don't believe. Number that's one. And, and number, pay him. And pay him on top of that. And uh, number two, um, I mean, he's important to what they do, but they don't need him to be a successful football team to win 11 or 12 football games. And I love Alvin Kamara, but – we joke about it all the time. If Alvin Kamara wants to make $18 million a year, he needs to play another position. Um, it's just not going to work out for a running back. Christian McCaffrey is making $16 million. I don't think Kamara's going to sniff that. Zeke's making 15 I don't think he's going to sniff that. Then the question becomes, is he going to make as much as David Johnson at $13 million a year? And I think with Derrick Henry, and we'll talk about Joe Mixon in a second, those guys in recent weeks signing deals around $12 million a year, 
they understand their value, even though they may think they're worth more than that. I'm sure they all think they're as good and as they are worth as much as Chris McCaffrey, but the market just won't bear that. So I get what Kamara's doing. Is Kamara more versatile than Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon? Yeah, but is he $4 million a year more versatile? No. And, you know, we have these conversations about holding out and trades and all that. At the end of the day, unless you're a quarterback, players have very little leverage, and um, Kamara doesn't have a ton of leverage right now. I agree with that. And I would also say that the Saints have kind of a plug-and-play offense. Like, if you are in the Saints offense, you're going to put in, put up huge numbers. That doesn't mean that you could put, uh, you know, they're, a running back would come in and put up as big numbers as Alvin Kamara, but you could put up similar numbers because that offense is designed for a running back to be very successful. And so I think that's part of the thing that Kamara needs to think about. It's not like he could just go to the Bears and put up the numbers he's been putting up in New Orleans. So I, I think he needs to think about this before he gets a little bit crazy and gets shipped out of New Orleans uh, to a team where he probably wouldn't thrive. And out of all of this, the most concerning thing to me is the thing Brinson mentioned off the top here is that he got that paternal shot. That's something you get in week eight because your body's been beaten up. Not – Eight, Ten days before the season starts, if Kamara's already, I was going to say you get the epidural on month nine as well, right before the baby's born. I I am of the opinion that everybody is treating this a little too seriously. In fact, a lot too seriously. Who this though? Is not, no one thinks this trade's happening. Who's taking it? Too I mean, everybody's approaching like like we run a ten landing spots for Alvin Kamara. If they trade, they're not trading Alvin Kamara. This is Drew Brees' final year where they're trying to go all in and win a championship with their Hall of Fame quarterback who's been there since he left San Diego for, for, because of his shoulder injury. They've only got one win with him and Sean Payton. They want to go all in. They, I, I understand that you can, you can be effective. You can find a running back on the cheap effectively. Like that's how they got Alvin Kamara. They didn't draft, uh, Leonard Fournette in the first five picks because they didn't have the first five picks, but they took Alvin Kamara in the third round. That's, they did the smart thing, but Alvin Kamara is not, I did, I will, I'll push back here, Breach. I think you said like he, you know, he might go somewhere where he's not very effective. BS. Alvin Kamara is a superstar. He is effective. He's an awesome runner. He's an awesome pass catcher. Now, if he goes and like coach play, like John Fox is his next coach, will he be as effective? No. But any reasonable team that's going to trade a first-round pick for Alvin Kamara and then pay him is going to hopefully try to utilize him. Wait a second, though. Let me ask you this. So Christian McCaffrey, uh, let's say that the Panthers trade Christian McCaffrey McCaffrey for Alvin Kamara. What numbers is Alvin Kamara putting up in Carolina? They ain't Christian McCaffrey numbers. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Mm. They put up similar numbers. I'm talking – yeah, but look who the players are around them. That's my point. Brinson. Wilson's on my side. But you don't think that you don't think that Alvin Kamara can put up Christian McCaffrey like numbers in Carolina with the lack He's of playmakers to, around him. Well, first of all, Christian McCaffrey had 287 carries, averaged five four point eight yards per carry last year. Alvin Kamara averaged four point seven and 171 carries. Alvin Kamara has 81 catches every year. Um, he averaged let's see, he's had 100, 105, and 97 targets. Christian McCaffrey gets 113, 124, and 142. Their usage is just completely different. If you put Alvin Kamara in Carolina's scheme and give him Christian McCaffrey's usage, yes, he's putting up their numbers. On like a per-16 game basis and efficiency basis, they're very, very similar. Yeah, on a per-game basis, except that Alvin Kamara never seems to play every game because he is very injury-prone, unlike Christian McCaffrey. He's never missed – what? He's what? Finish it. No, he missed – no, no, no. What? What? Go ahead, finish that thought. No, 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 he's, he missed, he was hurt last year. That's fine. And he, he's hurt almost his, every year. He's missed multiple games a couple times. He didn't miss so, any games his rookie year. 
Okay. What did he, did he miss games his sophomore year? Sophomore. sophomore year. <laughs> he was banged up in 2018. He got injured last year. So that's two straight years. Whereas Christian McCaffrey is a guy who's playing every single game, every single season. So you can't talk about game to game. He played in 15 game. games his second year. What are you talking about? I am going to quote Pete. Banged up. He's just, best, you're just anecdotally throwing up banged up. Is availability. Nice. Everybody's heard Bill Parcells. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone who's been around football for the last 40 years has heard Bill Parcells talk about availability. Alvin Kamara has been there. He played in 15 games his second year. Last year he was hurt. Everyone knows this. That's why he was less effective. My By point way, being, now here's, well, here's, here's the ultimate point on, on Kamara. Okay. He has to understand that if he wants to get paid now, he cannot, he is not going to get Christian McCaffrey's contract. He will never get Christian McCaffrey's contract. Well, there's a difference between the two teams. Carolina this offseason shipped out Greg Olson, Luke Keekley, and Cam Newton. The fan base was not happy. They then rewarded Christian McCaffrey with a giant contract to keep everybody off their back. The Saints are not trying to do that. They are trying to go all in on this year. They would love to have Kamara on the cheap instead of having to rework the salary cap and all that. But I think that they will give him more than what Joe Mixon got, which we'll talk about in a second, from the Bengals. And I think the idea that Kamara won't play or the idea that they'll trade him is a bunch of crap. Neither one is happening. He's going yeah, to play. No He's going to get a contract. And the up in the arms, all the stuff on Twitter for three days and stories about Kamara landing spots, hot rumors. It's not happening. He's going to play. If you're doing your fantasy draft on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and there's not a deal done from Kamara and he falls to like six or seven, snag him. He's going to play. He's going to have an awesome year. It's even better if he doesn't sign a deal because he'll go bananas this season and get a huge contract next offseason. This is a bunch of hogwash, and I can't believe we wasted 10 minutes talking about it. How much money would you give him, Brenton? What do you think he deserves per year? Um, I had running. Let's see. So McCaffrey's getting $16 million a year. Zeke's at fifteen. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't want to pay a running back anything about like what's what did Joe Mixon settle at? Why, why are these guys these contract people got to update? The new money was twelve million per year. All right, so Mixon's. So you got Mixon, Henry, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Zeke, and Christian McCaffrey. I think that if I am Alvin Kamara, I and I'm the Saints, I'm finding a way to get to fourteen. Get him more mm-hmm. than Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. No, look, it ain't the Saints' fault that those dumbasses signed Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. Well, but don't you agree that Kamara is as no. good or better than he, Joe he Nixon? He can have $13 million, well, and if he doesn't want, want it, that's fine. The best part is the, the Texans didn't even sign David Johnson. They willingly right, they traded, traded for his contract. <laughs> right. they, they gave away right. DeAndre Hopkins to get that contract. No, I mean, Derrick Henry took 12-5. Joe Mixon took 12. I think $13 million is the most I'm willing to pay for the Saints. I mean, you can pay him fourteen. I just feel like, why? If you're Kamara, you take the deal that that Derrick Henry got with like a little bit more and a little bit more guaranteed, and you just move that's on what and I just, just said. play. Yeah, right. But I mean, I'm saying that's thirteen, right? I, so this ain't getting to fourteen. Get him to fourteen. Be happy. Get everybody in camp. Well, using that logic, go to fifteen. Why not? Well, that's no. The, they want to give him twelve. He wants sixteen. So you do what any reasonable people do, and you compromise and you get to fourteen. Well, you don't compromise with someone with no leverage. The Saints need him to play this year. No, they don't. The Saints win in the Super Bowl with just Latavius Murray? They're winning with Michael Thomas. Uh, okay. Alvin Kamara is a valuable running back. You'd rather have Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara? We're taking the wide receiver. Okay. I mean, Michael Thomas is making $20 million a year. And he's I would have no problem paying Alvin Kamara if I'm the Saints at this point in time. You're paying, paying him, him for the next three years. Paying him one. He doesn't have a ton of leverage. He doesn't have a ton of uh, – Top mileage. 
He can't stay healthy. We just established that. He's missed a couple of games in his third year. And by Bre- the way, breach, value- fake news breach created some like <laughs> value- Alvin Kamara's injuries. Football outsiders value per play. Christian McCaffrey was fifth last year. Kamara 15th. So they're well, not I mean, the same. Okay. You just got served. I, I disagree. Oh, you do that in tennis too. Tennis, baby. That's my tennis analogy. Put a dollar in the jar for that. I'll just donate. <laughs> I right, just say the R word and you can get that dollar back. All right. <laughs> Dunk donations. Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals agreed to a four year, $48 million contract. Uh, Mixon was holding in. He was at camp, but he was not practicing because of migraines that were bothering him, which is like when, you know, like when Ryan's like, Hey, honey. Kids are gone. And she's like, my stomach really hurts. That's like Joe Mixon's migraine. It's like, you know, she's, he just doesn't, he's fine. He just didn't want to practice because he's waiting on this new contract. You know what I'm talking about, Ryan? I love that she, she's, she doesn't say I have a headache. She goes, uh, I have, I have serious stomach issues. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> stomach. Uh, no, is that what your wife says? Head issues or stomach issues? No, it's just funny because typically you say headache, but they're like, no, nah, I'm gonna go in the bathroom and blow this thing out. There's no way we can do it. <laughs> and then you really, then you really get it. You can't, you can't even like get on the scent at that point. Like literally, you don't want to be on the scent. Uh, so Mixon all out of uh, Mixon is signed for the next four years, a $48 million contract breach as our resident Bengals fan and expert. Uh, what do you think about this deal for Joe Mixon? Uh, I love this deal for Mixon. Just, just to be yeah. clarified, you, you hate the idea of signing Alvin Kamara, but you love Joe Mixon getting this deal. Well, uh, 12 million and 14 million, what you're saying, that's a huge, huge difference. Number one. Uh, number two, he's under contract now for five years. Number three, even though the new money is four years, $12 million, there's a team option in there in 2024. So let's scrap that because if he's not good, the Bengals can just dump him. So he's basically under contract four years, $39.5 million. That's for the next four seasons. That's an average of $9.9 million, Brenton. That is a steal for the man who led the AFC in rushing in 2018. Uh, he was top 15 in total yards last year, top 10 in rushing yards last year, and they have him for under $10 million per season for the next four years. That is uh, way better than what we're talking about with Kamara Pope potentially getting uh Potentially. I'll put another dollar in the jar. You are such, uh like, this is how we know you are Breachbot 3.0 or 3,000. Did you hear, did you hear the way he spun that in that argument, Ryan? Led the AFC in rushing. And then he's like under $10 million a year, which is the extension. Like he got, like he bumped it down from $12 million, which it clearly is over the next four years after his rookie deal, which like, so if Kamara's down to 12, is that fine? If you got the extension, I mean, what are we doing here, guys? Breach yeah, up. that's fine. Sure. But Breach didn't even mention the most impressive thing that um, Joe Mixon. He was the best quarterback on that roster last year. <laughs> I, I have no problem with the Joe Mixon signing. And okay. now I am willing to draft Joe Mixon. Do you know how high I'll draft Joe Mixon in fantasy? Fourth round. That's not right. I don't know. I'm just guessing. I don't Six have... overall. Oh, really? I will take Joe Mixon behind C. Elliott, or behind, excuse me, Chris McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, C. Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and then Joe Mixon. That's where I want him. I will be taking Joe Mixon late in the first in every single draft I can get. The Bengals have said repeatedly that they believe they got better as an offense once they started feeding him the ball. And they started doing that in week eight last year when he got 17 carries against the Rams. Now, his, his yards per carry was not always great. But down the stretch, the final nine games, 194 carries, 883 yards, 4.6 yards per attempt, 
five touchdowns, 20 catches, 9.4 yards per catch, and a touchdown through the air. He was awesome. He's a really talented running back. The, the He would have been a first-round pick, except he got caught on video punching a woman in the face, which is frowned upon uh, by society and, of course, even the NFL somehow. And so for me, Joe Mixon, now that his contract is secured with an approved offensive line and Joe Burrow in there, is set to have a monster year, and he's a value in your fantasy draft. Brinson, you jumping off this Bengals Super Bowl bandwagon? Are you jumping on or off? I know I was never on or off. I don't know. Sure. Well, I'm asking if you want to be on or off it. This is it. This is your only shot. You're on it now or you're off forever. I think the Bengals are. I've been talking about the Bengals making the playoffs this year. No, I didn't ask playoffs. I said Super Bowl this year. Yeah. No. Oh, you're crazy. You don't. You don't believe that. Believe what? That okay. <laughs> now I might really believe that football is about to happen. John Breach is talking about the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. This is about the time last year. We did a bold prediction show and Breach is like, Andy Dalton will set the passing record for most passing yards in an NFL season. I would not be making any Bengals bold predictions this year. I've, I've banned myself from those. There's... I, my bold prediction is you do make a Bengals bold prediction. <laughs> my objectivity gets thrown out the window. We can't have that. All right. Anything on, uh, on Mixon? He's going to lead the NFL in rushing. Oh, I can't oh, be bold. Prediction. I take that back. I love That's the, uh, I love the pick. I mean, I love the uh, the contract, and he is incredibly important to that offense, and probably more so now than last year because um, Joe Burrow has a chance to make that team not terrible. The Detroit Lions ensured that their running game should be better in their passing game as well by locking up offensive lineman Taylor Decker to a six-year, $85 million contract. The Lions are spending. Are you guys – have we been, have we done a podcast since the Lions, like, bandwagon kind of blew up? I was just – Decker was – What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. That's going to be my question. Where did this come from? I know you you got on the you jumped on the lines thing with your buddies, your Twitter buddies, um, and, and you're riding that thing full force. I don't understand. I understand that um, Matthew Stafford's healthy, but I also understand that Matt Patricia's still the coach, and um, everyone that leaves that organization seems to have issues with the coach. Most recently, Darius Slay. Why is this team suddenly going to be the best team in that division? Well, you were on the podcast with Aaron Schatz where we talked about it, so you would think that you would have listened, but apparently you didn't. Um, refresh I, my memory. A, a, look, honestly, a big part of the Lions picking the Lions to be a playoff team and win the NFC North comes down to the Vikings, Packers, and Bears having bad off seasons, potentially taking a step back. The Lions getting luckier in one score games and Matthew Stafford playing 16 games. I think if he had played 16 games last year, they would have been, I don't know, in the playoff hunt, but like if they'd gotten luckier early, if they gotten lucky earlier in the season and then Stafford plays 16 games, that team is a lot closer to the playoffs, and I think a lot of people would have imagined. Oh, I think they the went pretty spot 3,000 has finally brainwashed Brinson. Remember Welcome to Detroit. The Motor City is amazing. It is they a fun place to live. Dixon, oh, to start the season, <laughs> but they had three unlucky losses and a dumb tie game they lost because of Matt by Tresha. I was sort of on the Lions. I was like, I could, I, I've been saying this, like, I could see the Lions like stealing it, and then. You hear Aaron say it, and you're like, all right, pumped. But then now there's, like, too much buzz. Like, Barnwell likes him, too. Mina Kimes, Mark Sessler. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it, but this feels a little familiar, uh, sort of like the Chargers bandwagons of years past. It, it that would be my concern. Like that. And, and one thing I will say is that, so each each year I go through all 256 games to figure out my final record prediction for every team. And I actually did that yesterday, and I actually thought I was going to have the Lions in the playoffs. I did not end up having the Lions in the playoffs. Give us a sneak peek. How many games do they win? I have them at eight and eight. Well, that's it. And that's a, that's a job saver for Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, but it ain't much else. 
It's not, it's not Jim Caldwell. Um, True that. They go eight and eight. They're going to cover the over on their win totals, which is six and a half and probably up to seven in some spots. You know, I just think you can look at this team and see a, a much better offense than people expect. And then the defense just needs to be above average. Like they could be a top 10 offense. Stop it. Uh, let me what? ask you this. Let me just let me ask you this. This is the Super Bowl. Who are you picking? Lions versus Browns. It's the Lions against the Browns? Yeah. I would love that Super Bowl. I mean, what world is this happening, Ryan? Neither team has even ever been to the Super Bowl. Like, breach, in 2020, Super Bowl. anything can happen. I mean, that would be the crazy way to end 2020. By the way, Detroit but, finished as an 18th overall offense by DVOA last year, and they only had they had like Jeff Blau starting for half their games. They could be a top 10 offense. That would not be crazy at all. Who are you taking in the Super Bowl? Um, well, at this point, I'm so in on the Lions, I would take the Lions. But I'm probably taking the Browns because I think the Browns, on paper, are a better team. Now, we don't know anything about the coach, but we do know something about the Lions coach. Would, Breach, let me ask you this. Would a Lions-Browns Super Bowl be the worst or the best thing for our bosses at CBS? I mean, is it just like a full-fledged, like, just set, set BlackRock on fire, it's over? Or is it like, well... <laughs> the two fan bases and they've never won like I mean you could you could draw up some interest in a Browns Lions yeah. Super Bowl, right? I don't it's, think it's, if you picture it in your head, it's hideous. I don't way. think they would be thrilled. I think if you had the Browns against literally any other NFC team, you could have one kind of dark horse team that's never made it, but you can't have two. Because that then I don't think the national interest I mean obviously people are gonna watch the Super Bowl, but I don't think it's gonna be breaking any uh ratings records. I wait well, a second though. I will say this: Browns fan, Browns have more fans in other states than I think any other team. Like they, they travel. They don't travel well, but they have. If you like, see them across the the country, they're like Steelers level in terms of their support, and and they're doing it without all the winning. So maybe, how about this, Browns yeah, Cowboys? The irony, the irony, Wilson, is that none of those Browns fans will be able to attend the Super Bowl since there might not be any fans. But they'll there. they'll watch it, and that's what our employers From outside want, the stadium. John. No, on television, dum dum. So Browns Cowboys would set records. Browns Cowboys would set records. Or Browns Packers or Browns Bucks. Browns Bucks. Yeah, yeah see, Bucks. I mean, Browns Bucks, is that even any more exciting on paper than Browns Lions? Browns Bucks on, on like what? when you think about the visual aspect of Browns Buccaneers, I mean that's a lot of, oh, a lot of Browns. It's like a bloody <laughs> stool. Brown um, and pewter. <laughs> so anyway, video. if it's Bucks if it's if it's Browns Lions in the Super Bowl. Uh, our CBS, you know, our, our bosses might be in a little bit of trouble. They might, uh, they might be, they might be looking for some cash. Might need to subsidize the, the debt they've taken on if, uh, Browns and Lions are in the Super Bowl because of ratings and what might happen. I don't really believe that. I'm just using this as an intro to tell you that you don't need to be an expert to know that consolidating credit card debt into one low fixed rate can save you money. Start saving today with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Lightstream's fixed rate credit card consolidation loan started at 5.95 APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. Sheesh. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with absolutely no fees. The application is 100% online and you can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. The best part is that our listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. But the only way to get that discount is to go to lightstream.com slash six. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash six. Subject to credit approval. It includes 
0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash six for more information. So the mailbag time, we're going to do one. I think it's our last mailbag of the off season. Is that right, Debo? Yeah, of the off season, but we'll have oh, yeah. them throughout the season. We're not going to have a set day. We're not going to have mailbag Mondays like we did during the off season, but we're still going to have mailbags. So, so keep leaving those so five star reviews. Yeah. What we'll do is, so during the year, throughout the year, if you have a question you want to have answered by the super friends or by anybody, Brady Quinn, Jason Lacanfora, Pete Prisco, whoever, Debo, although Debo is basically a super friend at this point. I'd be ready for your video debut, Debo. Just go to that four box. I, I thought about that today, but, uh, I'm wearing less than what Breach typically wears right now. So that's why the video is off. Nice. Yeah. You can't do that. That's why you so stripped down. That's basically. Are you at home with your mom? <laughs> I just got a tank on. I don't want to be looking like bleep out here. <laughs> why? Why do people? Why do young people wear tanks? I wouldn't have dreamed of wearing a tank. Back in my day, we wore an actual tank with a gun. <laughs> I'm not going to an office. I'm hanging around out around home. There's those just have like comfortable t-shirts. I have like 400 like soft t-shirts. Sorry, I don't get all this stuff sent to me for free. Great point, Debo. Debo, now would you sure. would you wear the tank top if you had to run to the post office and buy stamps? Yeah, in the in the summer. And Brenton, okay. you have issues with people that show up in public places in tank tops in the summertime. I think you know my stance on that. Uh, well, what about the grocery store, Debo? Would you go to the grocery store in your tank top? In Pennsylvania, not in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Are you would you would you search for produce and like look at apples with your gross armpit hair hanging? I might rather you have no mask than than tank. Oh my god! <laughs> Just arms up. Pits I mean, I'm not a person at the grocery store. I'm going to a different grocery store. Put some mask on your pits, man. Come you're, on. You're lucky if you walk into a Publix in Florida and the person has a shirt on at all. So it's I think Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Florida is a whole different ballgame. That is anything is wide open there. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Like I'm not. You wear a tank top to. Uh, you can wear a tank top to like a high school graduation in, in Fort Lauderdale, and you might look like you're wearing a tuxedo. I'm okay with the tank top, Debo. You do you. No, I, I don't mind Debo doing it. I think Debo is stylish enough to know when and where he should be wearing a tank top. Uh, I'm just, we just, nobody really did tanks. Do you wear like a tank top underneath all your shirts? No, no. And this is, this is rare. It was just, you know, happened to be a, uh, a Wednesday thing. I mean, I'm also probably, you know, not really physically appropriate for a tank top either at this stage of my life. Okay, let's get to the mailbag. AFC versus NFC from Elias the Bozo via Apple Podcast. Again, leave a five-star review. Leave a question, any type of question from now until the season starts. Uh, and throughout the season, we will answer it. If you have fantasy questions that you want answered, uh, I am more than willing to answer them via email. It's it's good time to ask. If you have a draft coming up, you can DM me on Twitter at Will Brinson. You can send me an email, willbrinson at gmail.com. I will answer your questions. I would, th- I think I'll get to the DMs faster. So pepper me with DMs if you have fantasy questions. I will answer them. Uh, keep your questions, whatever you want, if you want advice. Anyway, Elias the Bozo says, love the podcast. Was wondering who you think is better, the AFC or the NFC? I bet you guys both say AFC because you're AFC honks. Well, I think it starts with two names, and then you go from there. Well, the, I think the discussion is, discussion is, do you want it to be more top heavy or do you want it to be deeper? Jeez. Well, how many games? This you is a family podcast. How do you like it, Breach? Top heavy or deep? Uh, Breach's stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it starts with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, and then you, you go from there. I mean, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. I'm NFC. I don't even hesitate here. I think the NFC is the better. Oh, you are NFC. Interesting. Conference. Okay. I, obviously, I think that the Chiefs and the Ravens are the two best teams in the NFL. But after that, it is just all up in the air. You don't know well, who's good. And then you look at the NFC. I think there's probably ten good teams. But let's 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 do let's let's an all star game. But let's say it's two out of three. So it's just not just one big game. So two out of three. Or how, well, what if it was like the ACC Big Ten Challenge? Where you yeah. create matchups. Right. So it's like, so the Saints would play the Chiefs and Chiefs. Well, but who's the second team in the Ravens are playing the 49ers or the Seahawks? 49ers. I think See, I, I, this would be my argument for the NFC because I think Breach is right. I think it's deeper. I mean, like if you start, if you start going down the list and you got those middle tier teams, I think the NFC is walloping the AFC in terms of the middle tier teams. Yeah, but according to you guys, the Lions are the number three seed in the NFC. So then that favors the, the AFC. Probably <laughs> the four seed. They have Matt MVP Stafford. So All right, so let's do – so are we – the Saints are the number one team? They're number one seed in the NFC? Yes. Well, let's, if you use last year's standings, so let's use 2019. The, the two top seeds were the Ravens and the 49ers. Who wins that game? I'm leaning – Really Ravens? close. Yeah, the Ravens close. barely beat them in Baltimore in a sloppy rain. It was a terrible – yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I think you can. Yeah, that's fine. Ravens uh, push or it's minus one or whatever. That's I think fine. it's really close. Yeah, fair enough. What's number yeah. two seed breach? Number two seed is the Packers. We're going to take the other team. See, that's unfair. Take the versus Saints. the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Let's, I mean, we're all taking the Chiefs in that game. We'll take the Saints versus the Chiefs. Yeah. Let's we'll take the two seed. Just take it in order. Yeah, but, well, but okay. We right. know those teams are better. Either I mean, take way. the Saints versus the Chiefs because everyone is taking the Saints over the Packers. <laughs> right. Well, they so, you move the Packers. You can't just say, hey, they're not the two seed. We're going to put them in the three spot. Well, that was last year. We're talking about this year. I think it's Saints-Chiefs is the matchup that you would have. And I think that is a really close game. I'm and it's a shootout. And it's like that's the game that, that our bosses want. Well, yeah. Saints-Chiefs. So we have a push in the Ravens game. We have a win in the Chiefs game. You guys on the Chiefs? I'll give you, I'll give you the Chiefs. That's fine. All right. What's, want Cowboys Chiefs. What's number three, John? That's probably true, too. <laughs> number three is the Patriots. Do we think they're the third best team in no. the AFC? I'm fine with it. I, I mean, who is the third best it's team? No, no, that's Steelers. Texans or Steelers. And who's the third best team in the NFC now? The, the Seahawks? Uh, Packers, Seahawks, Cowboys. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Buccaneers. All right, so here's those teams. Who's the third? Who do we settle on the AFC as number three? Let's just do the Patriots. The I Patriots are going to lose. Steelers. They're going to lose that game. Patriots are Steelers. So the Patriots will lose the third seed game to whoever you put as number three. I think. Packers. You know Patriots. Packers. You really taking the Packers? Oh boy! Any other team but the Packers, I feel like would win that game. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, all right. If Cam is seventy, let's say Cam seventy five percent. I mean, I think. Let's say Packers, Alan Lazard is 100%. I think the Packers win that game. Okay. All right. All right. So it's two, it's uh, one to one to one. We, we'll call yeah, a draw one on the Ravens game. I think this is where we go Buccaneers. Oh, we should have done Buccaneers versus Patriots. That would have been better. That would have been awesome. Um, uh, Buccaneers and Bills. For Buccaneers and Steelers. And these are all neutral field games, too. Um, we don't know enough Buccaneers about Steelers. We don't know enough about the quarterback situations of the AFC teams to be 100% certain. I think it's 
I want to say AFC, but I think the gut is you got to go with that defense and Tommy. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Two wins for the NFC, two to one. All right. So number five, Cowboys and Bills. I'm taking the Bills. I'm not, I don't know what Mike McCarthy's doing. I don't know what that defense is doing. Bills beat the crap out of them last year in Thanksgiving. They did. Yeah. That's because, uh, that was the the Texas game that Josh Allen threw the ball behind his head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, um, new season, new Sean, no more Jason Garrett. So I got a two, two, one. I'm taking Cowboys in that game though. I would, I might take Cowboys too. Really? Uh, Texans and the Seahawks. Yeah, come on. The Seahawks are winning by 50 points. 55. I, I don't think the Seahawks will win any game by 50 points, but I think they'll win in the end and take care of business because. All right. Two to, two to three to one in favor of you guys, the NFC. The NFC. All right. Uh, next up is. Colts. The, yes. The Colts. Great call, Ryan versus the Vikings or Rams. I'm taking the Colts. Oh, let's say, how about the Eagles? Colts versus Eagles. I'm taking the Colts only because the Eagles are banged up. I would take the Colts there too. Breach, any objection? Colts who? Rams? Colts, Eagles. Eagles. Colts, Eagles? Ooh. They're injured. They don't I don't matter. We got two Colts votes anyway. So it's three, three to one. Uh, Rams versus Titans. I don't know which Rams team is going to show up. I'll take the Rams there. I think I think I will too. <laughs> I'm just so low on the Titans. All right, three to four NFC. And uh, now that we're almost at halftime, I'll just say real quick that the <laughs> NFC went 33 and 31 against the AFC last year, so it's pretty even. Okay. All right. Now this is where it gets a little dicey. Vikings against uh, is it the Broncos. Is it the Chargers? The Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Jets. Browns, Jaguars, Dolphins, or Bengals. I'm probably. I think. Wait, we're gonna pick a team first. I think the Broncos are the probably the the team. Vikings, Broncos. Drew Lock. Drew Lock. Which Drew Lock is gonna show up? You're taking the Vikings. Which Kirk Cousins is gonna show up? If Drew Lock dies, he dies. The game of. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's three and five. Okay, let's go. What's next? All right, look. I'm just gonna read off the remaining teams here for for each conference, just so you can sort of just here. The NFC is the Bears. Falcons, Cardinals, Panthers, Giants, Lions, and the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. For the AFC, it is the Jets, Raiders, Browns, Jaguars, Chargers, Dolphins, and Bengals. To me, the NFC in this stretch, clearly better, just so we don't no, not clearly. Long. Yeah, we don't have to go through all of it. I, I don't Chargers lose Derwin James. I think they're going to be really bad. I would just say that the NFC is perceived to be better because when you read predictions this year, I, I would say 90% of people have the Ravens or Chiefs as the Super Bowl team in the AFC, and I, I could see 10 different teams uh, being on national predictions as the Super Bowl team in the NFC, which means there's 10 Super Bowl contenders in that conference. Uh, so that's part of the way I look at it. I think that if you were betting on it, and the AFC is favored by two and a half points to win the Super Bowl right now, if you wanted to bet on the AFC, I think that the AFC is more likely to win the Super Bowl because they have Mahomes and Lamar. But I think if you did this 16-on-16 head-to-head tournament type, head-to-head matchup type thing, that you would see the NFC emerge victorious. No, you you guys convinced me. I will say though, in terms of all star games played two out of three, we'll have to. It's, not, back it's to not a blowout. I just think the NFC is deeper. I think Breach is right. Like you could see, like if the Eagles made it to the playoffs, you wouldn't be shocked. I mean, made it to the Super Bowl, you wouldn't be shocked. No, but if anybody other than the Chiefs or Ravens gets out of there, and maybe even with the exception of the Colts, you'd be pretty surprised. Unless you're Breach and the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl, right. according to him. Right. Uh, Walking Creeper back again. 
Man. of the podcast reviews, that is. Uh, there's been a lot of questions about Joe Burrow. So I have a question about Tua Tungavailoa. You know what? I skipped one. Sorry. My bad, Diva. What do you think Tua's ceiling will be for the next five years? Jonathan, P.S. I am 13. I also know a lot of stuff about 1990s football from my football card collection. Probably has a Jim Breach football card. Hmm. He's 13? He said he has a 1990s football card collection. Um, in the 90s. Good point. So, uh, to a ceiling is for the next five years is an all-pro quarterback or a pro, a pro bowl quarterback. A pro as... quarterback that, that leads the Dolphins to between nine and seven and 11 and five over the next Yeah, five but years. put some odds on that. I mean, we can say that about anybody, but all right. Let's say, all right. If I, all right. I think there's a 40% chance hmm. that over the next five years, Tua makes the Pro Bowl twice. And wow. Let's go to the playoffs once. 40%. Yeah. I'll take the good. playoffs once at like 70%. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying both things happen. Oh, well, no, I wouldn't take it at 70%. Breach is crazy. Um, I was going to go in the other direction. That's pretty good. I mean, those are, I mean, look, if you draft a, a franchise quarterback with a top five pick and those are what you end up having, I mean, of course. Now, Mr. Mitchell Trubisky made the Pro Bowl too. I was just thinking, did Blake Bortles ever make the Pro Bowl as an alternate? Because they went to the playoffs one year, and you know he got that contract. Everybody, even Andy Dalton made the Pro Bowl. <laughs> now, what does that supposed to mean, Brinson? You know, Can we stop with the Andy Dalton slander? He's not even on the Bengals anymore. Can we talk about your boy Ryan Finley? No Pro Bowl for Blake Bortles. Oh, okay. he's a senior Pro Bowl. I'll say this about Tua because the question is, what's his ceiling? I think the ceiling is contending for a Super Bowl by twenty twenty one. Because you look at the way that that's not this season, the following season. A ceiling. If he's healthy and you look at way the way the AFC East is set up, he literally could be the best quarterback in that division as soon as 2021. He's not going to be the opening day starter this year. So I don't think you could call him that no matter how well he plays. But by the start of next season, he could easily be the best quarterback in that division and then be the best quarterback for the next four years. And then obviously you have Lamar and Patrick Mahomes to worry about. But uh, I think his ceiling is having this team contending for a Super Bowl by 2021. I don't think, I think 2020 is too soon. That is, that's bold. I'll give you that. Thank you. Well, I mean, but that's what you want when you take a quarterback in the top five. Yeah. That, and in, I would say that his ceiling is like, yeah, I mean, I guess it, I guess it depends on how you're defining ceiling. Do you want to be very specific about it with the Super Bowl? We are all high on Tua. That's that. I, I think it would not be shocking if the Dolphins were won the AFC East in the next five years, made a, won a playoff game or two. And Tua went to the Pro Bowl a couple times. That wouldn't be crazy. Now, it's also in the realm of possibility that Tua, you know, doesn't do anything. There's the, 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 there's a lot of variance here. Also, while we're talking about quarterbacks, because we haven't had enough Joe Burrow questions, simple mailbag, you the 1103 ask, hello, super friends minus bleep. See what I did there? Which S word am I implying? He did S four letters. Ooh, I like that idea that. Bleep's name is now a bleep word we can't say. Mm-hmm. Simple question. Can Ryan explain how he feels about the Bengals getting Burrow? Does it worry him at all being a Steelers fan for the next, over the next 10 years? Thanks. Yes, it worries me very much because I think Joe Burrow is going to be awesome. It does make me on some levels happy for Breach because he has been tormented by this organization from start to finish. Although, as I pointed out during various seasons in the past, Breach gets super passive aggressive when the Steelers uh, have some misfortune happen uh, upon them on the field. And, and I know he takes great pride in that and he sometimes lets it show, but I'm, I'm a bigger man than breach. And I, I look forward to uh, him getting to the playoffs and maybe winning a playoff game. 
and I look forward to you not having a playoff team to cheer for the next 20 years because that's how long Joe Burrow's going to play, and that's how many times in a row the Bengals are going to win the division. Classic preach, right? It's like, I'm very excited for John. He's a special talent. He's just like, suck it. The Bengals own the AFC North, Ryan. Like, you know, one, you know, they won, two, they won two games last year. No, but he, he's amazing. And what he did last year at LSU was mind blowing on just about every level. And, um, yeah, I think he's, I, he doesn't feel like a guy who's going to come in and get smoked. Like Ryan Finley, when you saw him at the senior bowl, he well, had a chip on his shoulder. Well, no, at the time, Ryan Finley wasn't going to be a first round pick, but, uh, Two years ago, during the fall, there were conversations that he might be. He was older, like Joe Burrow, and he came to the Senior Bowl with a chip on his shoulder because I think he felt people weren't taking him seriously. And, you know, he didn't have a great season as a rookie. It's not a big surprise that a rookie struggled, but it was clear that he wasn't a long-term answer. And, and Joe Burrow, without a doubt, is, is certainly feels legit. And uh, everything you hear and read now through training camp is that there's every reason to feel that way. Do you Are you concerned at all that the Bengals might Cincinnati up Joe Burrow, because like no. they messed up Carson Palmer, they didn't really capitalize on Andy Dalton. I mean, they were Carson better. Palmer and Andy Dalton took them to a lot of playoffs. Sure, they didn't capitalize on Andy Dalton. Are you saying Andy Dalton was good? <laughs> <laughs> they drafted him with a high second overall pick. He's basically a first round pick. He's like a second round pick. Yeah, but he's a high for high second expectations round. Expectations are a lot lower for uh, besides Derek Carr. Name another successful second round pick from the past decade besides Colin Dalton, Kaepernick. Derek Carr, Colin Kaepernick, Nick Foles. Nick Foles wasn't a second round pick. Is he a third round pick? Third round pick. Fourth. Out of Arizona. Out of the U. He was fourth because he was oh, that's right, Because Russell got taken, then they took Foles. That's right. Brock Osweiler? <laughs> he went to the playoffs. He won a Super Bowl. Foles is third round. They took him right after they took Russell. Um, I, I don't know that you're, you have this Andy Dalton thing so weird. You're like, well, he's a second round pick. There's no expectations on him. He can do what he wants. It doesn't matter if he sucks. Well, well, you know, you know, said, he's saying he didn't capitalize on Andy Dalton. And I'm saying that it, if they didn't capitalize, that you're saying he was a good quarterback and they didn't take advantage of the fact that they had him. Is that how you heard that, Ryan? I ignored him. I, I think I'm just, I mean, I'm you prop up Andy Dalton's 2015 as an MVP caliber season. And Andy Dalton was a high second round pick. And he injured his thumb. He couldn't play in the playoffs. That's not anyone's fault. So, okay, so Andy Dalton was the quarterback from 2011 through 2019. And the Bengals didn't win a single playoff game. And at no point did they explore other opportunities to get more quarterbacks. No one exp- no, when he got drafted in 2011, nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs in five straight years. He overachieved. Right. But we're not going to make this by Andy Dalton. Okay, sure. Um, so if Joe Burrow goes to the playoffs five straight years and they don't win a playoff game, will you be satisfied with Joe Burrow? No, because he's a number one overall pick. Andy Dalton was picked in the second round, so he over. Hey, let me Joe ask. A, goes to the playoff five straight times and does not win a game a single time. That is depressing. That is not that. That's underachieving for a number one overall pick. Breach, let me ask you this, and Brinson, you can answer too. What rank these quarterbacks in terms of expectations? In terms of what you expect them to do for your organization? Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton, and Joe Burrow. Um. Well, I would say that the expectations were low. So, well, one Joe Burrow, two Carson Palmer, three Andy Dalton. So based on the productivity of the two guys who've obviously played, you think that Joe Burrow will exceed that? I think that Bengals fans will be disappointed if Joe Burrow doesn't win them a Super Bowl. No, but what do you think, like realistically? I think that, well, if we're talking like ceiling, I think in the next five years, you would love to see a divisional championship. You would love to have the Bengals competing with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson for that division year and and maybe Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. 
Like you would love to see. Good lord, if they're not doing I'm not, that. I mean, what are we out on Baker Mayfield? He was the first overall pick and the rookie, like almost the rookie of the year, and now people are just out on him. Is this going to happen to Joe Burrow if he sucks this year? No, I'm talking about the Browns in general. Baker the, Mayfield. Why, had the a, Bengals, why did the Bengals get a pass and the Browns don't? The, Joe Burrow didn't get a preseason. That's why he's getting a pass this year. Well, but Burrow has a great year and then sucks in his second year, and then it's like, well, that's it. Joe Burrow's done. He no, can't I think that. I he's think the history. The, the history of the Browns being terrible since they're turning to Cleveland versus, I mean, we, we make fun of Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis did a lot for that friend. They sucked sure. before he got there in 2003. I mean, they were dog dude, terrible. Sure. No the way. Browns have been terrible since 1999. That's fine. That's fine. I think, I think that if Joe Burrow doesn't go to the playoffs in the next five years and doesn't make a Pro Bowl in the well, next five disappointing. years. That that would be very disappointing. No, if he does not make the playoffs, if they don't make a single playoff appearance in the next five years, that's a flop. Yeah. Like that's how I would view that. Even if they went like nine and seven and were just the first team out. If they yeah, at some not point make is... the playoffs in the, his first five years, that's a flop. Right, that's right. Okay. All so right. productivity wise, Breach, do you expect more over the course of his career from Burrow? Or is it gonna be Palmer or is it Dalton? Well, as much as Brent and I disagree on Andy Dalton, I absolutely Agreed with his rankings. I think okay. he went as far as expectations goes. It goes Burrow, Palmer, Dalton. Because Carson Palmer is also number one overall pick. But, but the John Kitna factor, <laughs> they sat him for a year. And but it wasn't sitting, it's when they drafted him, they were coming off the decade of just horribleness. You know, yeah. like they, they didn't have a winning season for 12 straight years. So even if Palmer had started in 2003, nobody was expecting, like playoffs weren't even talked. They were like, if we can get to six wins, we'll be happy. So the, the, the bar was pretty low. I also Carson think over. that the, just the general coverage of professional football is different then. And people weren't as like, like, like Burrow's got, you know, we're expecting huge things from Burrow. I mean, if Joe Burrow steps in and isn't great as a rookie, that wouldn't be unusual. Quarterbacks are not always great as rookies. Sometimes it takes time and it depends on coaching. And it depends on the people around you and the health of your team. So, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't have to be great out of the gate, but if he's, if he's not good over the first five years, Bengals fans are in a, Pretty big health. And Brenton, to your point real quick on Baker Mayfield, I do think it has a little bit to do with the fact that he plays for the Browns. I think expectations are higher in Cleveland than Cincinnati. Cincinnati's done just enough to stay relevant. They get to be the laughing stock for not winning a playoff game, but they actually make it to the playoffs. Whereas Cleveland hasn't been to the playoffs since 2002. And people were assuming, Hey, we got Baker Mayfield with this high pick. He needs to get us to the postseason right now. And he hasn't done that. I think he had unfair expectations, if anything. And that's why we've seen a lot of, uh, Mayfield slander if you will, and Brinson will not have any of it. Yeah, I just think he's getting unfairly assaulted. How much Baker paid? Metaphorically. All right, next mailbag question. Mailbag! Oh, we missed that earlier this year. Breach. Mailbag! <laughs> it's from uh, D-H-C-E-N-D-D-H-B-C-N-D-J-C. I get the feeling that he didn't want to actually type his name and just jam the keyboard a bunch. And yet you still I've read it. Mailbag, love the pod, been listening for the past two years. By far the best football podcast out there. Question for you guys. How concerned should Cardinals fans be with Isaiah Simmons focusing on playing inside linebacker instead of being a positionless chess piece? Thanks. Stay safe and keep up the great work. Uh, Ryan, as our resident draft expert, are you worried about the idea that they would put, uh, Isaiah Simmons in a, in a, in a, that they would, that they would put baby in a corner? What is that from, Baby in the Corner? From Dirty Dancing, right? Dirty Dancing. Well, oh, is it? Good Lord. That's, How did you not know that? I don't my, think I ever saw Dirty Dancing. My goodness. How? There's yeah. the only person on this podcast. You've never seen Dirty Dancing? 
I know that the Swayze and Aaron Gray. I think it's Aaron Gray, but I never saw it. It's close. It's not Jennifer. Aaron Gray. Jennifer Gray. Jennifer Gray. Oh, Aaron Gray is from Silver Spoons. Have you had the time of your life, Ryan? <laughs> You're not person I know, that's ever funny. mixed up Silver Spoons with Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I wonder if they're related, Aaron Gray and Jennifer Gray. Um, okay, so here's the deal. I'm not worried about what the the Cardinals are doing with Isaiah Simmons. Um, number one, we talked about Buda Baker, I think, in a previous podcast last week. So yep. they they certainly have uh, their secondary set. And we know that Isaiah Simmons played everywhere at Clemson. He was all over the field. And we talked to Joe Burrow uh, at the Combine. He said the only person he was worried about, primarily the person he was worried about during that uh, champ- national cha- championship game, was Isaiah Simmons, and understandably so. But I remember also talking to a scout last fall about how he did not love Isaiah Simmons as a safety. And I was like, oh, my God, are you for real? Uh, and he goes, yeah, no, he, he's – he, he needs to pick a position and, and play there. And, and if the Cardinals feel, and I think a lot of other teams felt the same way, that linebacker is his best position, that's where you put him. I mean, linebackers are covering um, receivers and tight ends and running backs all the time. You have to be able to run all over the field. We've seen uh, how that position has changed in the last seven, eight, nine, ten years. So I am not concerned at all. Um, I know, Brinson, you're on the Cardinals bandwagon, um, primarily because of Kyler Murray, but also because that defense is going to be better. And, and I think that, We'll see that with Isaiah Simmons. He may not ball out in week one or week two, but I think by the middle of the year, we'll be talking about him a lot more. Yeah, I'm not really worried about it uh, primarily because I, I don't think it's necessarily true. Um, I think when you look at the Cardinals, what they probably will do early on with Isaiah Simmons is simplify it for him because you don't want to ask this guy in his first year as an NFL rookie to be playing seven different positions on each, you know, play on each play or on each, on each set of downs. Um, and Jeffrey Chihita, I'm reading this on 247 Sports. Uh, uh, he said this on NFL Network though. He said, well, the Cardinals do love having him on their defense. You're talking about a guy who's 6'4", 240 pounds. There's one person in the organization I talked to yesterday described as a freak, a smart kid. When I texted this guy, he put up a video of Simmons in practice setting the edge. Talk about this guy taking on offensive linemen, going out and covering tight ends, covering receivers at 240 pounds. He's going to be at linebacker right now, but he's going to play all over the field for them. A new age defender for a team, certainly on the rise. Yeah, that feels right. I think that he is going to end up all over the field for them. They're not going to put themselves in a box. Maybe he starts playing. You know, like you get to the NFL. It's not easy going from the college to the NFL, especially when you're playing on defense. So instead of having learned a bunch of positions, you say, hey, look, we're going to start you off. You're going to, you're going to do this one position. And then once he gets comfortable, you're, you, you turn him into that positionless chess piece eventually. I, I don't think they're going to lock him into just one spot, even if he starts that for the first few weeks. Yeah. I mean, I think the logical thing is to let him play one position and sort of expand as the season goes along. Cause you don't want to hurt your defense by having, you don't want to hurt Isaiah Simmons by having him get out of position and people start blaming him for defensive woes and him trying to do too much. But, you know, you can have him play inside linebacker. You can use him on blitzes. I think you want to ask him, you know, we talked with Cynthia Freeland, or I talked with Cynthia Freeland about sort of rookies transitioning in the NFL and during analytics week. It was a great conversation. Go check it out. But the general rule of thumb, and this is sort of obvious if you think about it, is if you can get guys downhill, like don't ask guys to think as much. Like running backs transition to the NFL easier because they're run, they're, you know, you're running downhill at, you know, with the ball in your hands. Linebackers can transition on the inside because you're basically running downhill at the running back, right? And you can have him blitz. So I think you want to minimize how much coverage you do early on, mainly because defensive or offensive coordinators on the other side will recognize what Simmons is trying to do. And if you have him, uh, you know, lined up against a wide receiver, 
in coverage pre-snap and a veteran quarterback recognizes that, that's going to be a major problem for the Cardinals defense. So I think it's not, I think it's more about easing him in than it is about simply not using him uh, as a positionless guy. And as Ryan points out, Buda Baker, Deion Buchanan, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. They have all these guys <laughs> that they've used in positionless spots before. They know how to do it. I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Any other thoughts on Tyron Matthew? I love that guy. I do too. He's my favorite player. Okay. Oh boy, this is a long one. Um this is from I'm not reading this whole thing. M March six seven six seven. Why so much Falcons hate? I know Brinson is a Panthers homer. I am technically wearing a Panthers shirt right now, so I can't really <laughs> tell you that. But dude has been taking so many unwarranted shots at the Falcons this offseason. While we can all agree the infamous pick your poison video showing off all the first round picks, including Laquan Treadwell and John Carpenter was embarrassing. The Falcons still aren't near as bad as he keeps going on about. I agree the depth is bad, but it's improving on both sides of the ball. If Gurley goes down or isn't whatever his version of 100% is these days, the running backs of the committee you crapped all over each individually do each individually do one thing well, and that's all they'll be asked to do. Um, goes on and on and on and on. So before Debo is quick, to throw Ryan under the bus comparing 2016 Ryan for Andy Dalton's twin Carson Wentz. Ouch! Please show some respect. In conclusion, I don't know if Brinson is having to deal with some obnoxious Atlanta fans near him or if he still is salty the Falcons ruined the Panthers' perfect season 2015. Mm. But let's ease back because we all know the Falcons are going somewhere between 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven like they always do. Um, all okay. right, first thing, Go ahead. What's, the, what's the over-under? Seven and a half wins. I think I think he's right though. Between seven and nine and nine and seven, I, feels I, about I don't right. necessarily think he's wrong. Right. I think the issue is two things: the New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that, that's yeah. the issue. I I don't think the Falcons going seven and nine and nine and seven is crazy. I think that's probably what they'll be at. And if things go their way and they're healthy, they can win nine or ten or eleven games. I think it'll be tough to do in that division. But yeah. I, I, what, what has led us to believe that the Falcons? without Kyle Shanahan calling the plays for Matt Ryan, are going to win 13 games. I don't think they're going to win four games or anything like that. Yeah, I don't think we've been hating on the Falcons. I just think we've been being realistic. Like, as Ryan said, they're in the NFC South with the Buccaneers and the Saints. You look at their last three games of the year, they play Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. I mean, that is a gauntlet. They played the Saints two times in three weeks, and, yes, they did beat the Saints last year. And they always have slow starts. They've been tough getting out of the gate. So, and they play the Seahawks and Cowboys to start this season. They could start off 0 and 2. Maybe Dan Quinn gets fired. So I don't think we hate them. I, I think we actually all agree that they probably will finish between 7 and 9 and 9 and 7. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. Is that hate? hate is too strong. We're agreeing with him. So what's the biggest issue facing the Falcons? Well, what's the Falcons floor? What's the worst the Falcons can finish? I think it went two games. I mean, if things go terribly wrong, I mean, that's, they get, I think that's pretty unlikely. They get hurt. But my thing is, like with the Buccaneers, that defense is going to be awesome. With the Saints, the defense is getting better. We know the offense is going to be awesome. The Falcons' defense is a huge question mark, just because it's always a huge question mark. I think the offense is fine. You got to protect Matt Ryan better. The two first round picks from two years ago will be healthy, so that's good. So on and so forth. We just have to see how that defense works out. And I think. Um, so the floor, I mean, the floor is, I think, six wins. If they win five games, something's gone horribly wrong. And I think the ceiling's probably eleven wins. So just outside the seven nine nine seven. So 
Okay. So what, what do you think? What's your prediction, Ryan? Make it right now so that our Falcons fan friend can rub it in our face. M Mart six seven six seven. Uh, the Falcons are going to go nine and seven. I say eight and eight. Prince. Will they make the playoffs though? No. I say seven and nine. But I also think that there's a chance if they start slow again that Dan Quinn gets fired this year as opposed as opposed to last year. And that's sort of a thing. Yeah. Right. Okay. Moving along. Mail. Oh, whoops, sorry. Never stop the Dickie V drops from cold vomit. Nice. <laughs> Love the podcast. Listen daily. Question. I'm taking my wife on a, su- I hope your wife didn't listen to the podcast. I'm taking my wife on a surprise 40th birthday trip to Nashville. What are the things to do? Places to see distilleries, breweries to visit and restaurants to eat at taking COVID into account. We aren't worried, but a lot of things seem to be shut down and events canceled. Thanks. P- keep up the great work. Yes, I can't remember which super friend lives there. Bleep, Wagner, McBleep, or Breach. Uh, first of all, I love your name, Cold Vomit, because I've touched a lot of that with a baby around. Uh, this question is from early August, too. So this guy's 40th birthday is probably the, – the wife's 40th birthday is probably already passed. But I will say, first of all, as far as COVID rules, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's open because I have sequestered myself in the house due to the baby factor. But I have been to restaurants, and I do think that uh, – before COVID. So I do know a few restaurants. Um, when you get here, I would walk around downtown. Broadway's nice. It's not that packed right now. So that it's usually elbow to elbow and you get sweaty and people are fighting you to cross the street. It is not like that right now. So you can get to restaurants. Uh, number one, Nashville hot chicken, go to Hattie B's donuts, go to five daughters. Boom. You got breakfast and lunch taken down. There's a bunch of nice places in downtown Nashville. Some of my favorites, 51 North Tap Tap Room. There's a Mexican place called Nada, which is near Vanderbilt. Midtown Cafe, which is where I took my wife for her 30th birthday. Uh, And then there's a place called Pemrose, which is a pretty romantic restaurant, which seems like a good spot for a 40th birthday. Uh, Silo, Urban Grub, Germantown Pub, which is where I ran into Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Maybe Gronk will show up there dressed as a leprechaun. If you want something a little more casual, Whiskey Kitchen, The Goat, Husk and ML Rose, write that all down. And if you need a brewery, there's a place called Corsair Distillery. They have brewer, they have beer on tap from all the Nashville breweries so that you can taste all the Nashville beers in one place. Although I don't know if the tasting room's open right now because that doesn't seem like something that would be open during COVID. Okay. That's all I got. My, uh, my neighborhood of choice, which we found state Airbnb for Breach's wedding, 12 South, home of Reese Witherspoon's little shop there. And the bearded iris. What is that? The bearded iris. Did Bruce not say that? I don't know if he said that or not. But um, 12 South is a cool little neighborhood. I, again, I don't know what the situation is Airbnb-wise, but you can walk to everything um, there. And then, of course, you can you can take an Uber into the into downtown, to Broadway, as Bruce mentioned. Um, my favorite restaurant, I probably, I've literally probably eaten at 15 places in, in my two trips to, to Nashville because I love eating so much. But my favorite restaurant in Nashville, one of my favorite restaurants in the world is Tennessee Brew Works. Has beer there, obviously. It, it is the best hamburger I've ever had. Um, you can't go wrong. So Tennessee and, and Brew let Works. Me tell you that Ryan Wilson literally texts me. He went there, I think, for when you were in Nashville for my wedding. Every week for the next, I think, nine yeah. weeks, I would get a text from Ryan and said, Did you go to Tennessee Brew Works yet? Do you have that burger yet? And here we are almost two and a half years later, and I still have not been to the Tennessee Brew Works to get that burger. Sorry, Ryan. So yeah, I mean, it's right. under it's under a bridge. Like, it's literally under a bridge. So it's not like uh, the the aesthetics isn't necessarily amazing. But it has outdoor seatings, which is probably important now. Um, and, of course, it's a brewery, and the, and the beer's really good. But the, the food was 
knock your socks off amazing. And my favorite little hipster coffee shop, which uh, there are a few around. It's not just one and done, but Frothy Monkey was really good. Wilson, finding random food under a bridge isn't a restaurant. <laughs> I would say Ryan Wilson, I mean, like, I'm not going to come out here and try and – you said Biscuit Love too, right, Breach? Uh, I did not, but that's a good, oh. that's a good option. So I went – all right, so the places I went – um we went to Biscuit. I went to Biscuit Love by myself on Sunday and it was fantastic. I had to wait 45 minutes to get in there for brunch. And it, I, I don't, I don't really do long waits for brunch because I think it's kind of overrated. Like that, that means, you know, you landed somewhere with a plate, maybe jumped the shark. Well worth it. It was awesome. Uh, chicken and gravy biscuit, chicken thighs on, on a biscuit with gravy just blacked me out. Um, and then, um, Frothy Monkeys, Ryan Wilson was, you, you wore a tank top too to the, yeah, to the absolutely. Place. Uh, Frothy Monkey. Was, was very good. Ryan and I went and got breakfast there and, and coffee one day when we were extremely hungover. And, um, also, uh, oh, Bearded Iris, which is the, the brewery in Nashville that makes unbelievable beer. Highly recommend Bearded Iris. Just, even if you're not like going, I don't know if like you, I've never been there, but get their beer when you're out checking out taps, uh, because their stuff is fantastic. Finally, let's wrap up the mailbag. From Mike eight 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 big, hey super friends, big fan of the podcast. Maybe you guys should do a sh- a bleep jar, sort of like a swear jar, where you put a quarter in every time someone says bleep. Obviously, we're saying Sean for Sean Wagner McGuff. My question is this: Let's say the super friends get a call tomorrow from WWE owner Vince McMahon that he wants to sign them to become wrestlers. What will your wrestler names be? Your entrance music and your catchphrase be? Thanks, awesome, big Mike. Obviously, big Mike, we are on the same page uh, when it comes to. Um, the, uh, the, the swear jar and we will yeah. institute that and we will donate to a charity or my, my beer drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have wrestling ideas for what you want to do? I was a huge wrestling fan growing up. Sure. Um, in fact, Dorton Arena is Dorton Arena still around in Raleigh? Absolutely. What's going on? The Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin played there together. Well, I made my dad take me in sixth grade to Dorton Arena to go see, uh, WWE. No, no, the, NWA at the time, so it was called, and Ric Flair was there, and I have never been so excited. My dad had never been so bummed out. Um, but that said, I don't know. I haven't given wrestling a lot of thought since. My walkout music would probably be, uh, what's that, um, song I didn't know from the 30 Dancing movie? That'd be my walkout music. Time of my life. Yeah, time of my life. I have to come up with a name though, but I feel like time of my life sends a message to the other side that an ass whooping's about to happen. <laughs> Maybe Iron Will sin. Oh, that's good. Kind of like, like Iron so, Wilson, time have, my life. All right, go ahead, Breach. I'd be a good wrestler. Well, I thought my name would be Big John Stud, <laughs> but that's already been a wrestler, so I can't take that. Then I thought Johnny B. Bad, but that's also been a wrestler, I think. I'm pretty sure. Is that, is that guy named that's an email address. I know that. That is an email address. <laughs> um, is it a wrestler, though? Pretty sure he was. Yeah, there was. Wow. Okay. Well, you can still be your own version of Johnny B. Bad. But, nope, it would be the same thing as my boy band name. I would have a tag team with some of my family, and we would be the Breach Street Boys. That's and our, our, our walk-up song would be a Backstreet Boys song. I'm not sure which one. I would let Brenton pick it. I don't know any Backstreet Boys songs. Then we would just walk up to no music. No, you, walk, <laughs> you definitely could walk up to some. some uh, I would go with, uh, I might go with uh, Bryn Sanity as my, my, my wrestler name. And uh, you know what? Who is the boxer? Big Irish, God, what was the matchup? It wasn't, Can- it's not Canelo Alvarez. The bo- the recent big boxing match. I don't know. He, Debo, if you know, remind me. And I can't, I, I can't know why I can't remember him. But we were watching the match and he came out to Crazy by Patsy Klein. It was oh. like, oh my God, that guy's not losing. 
Like if you're bananas enough to come out to crazy by Patsy Klein, you're not losing a boxing match. So anyone handily, um, I will, uh, to to the wheels on the bus. Then I will take thunderstruck by ACDC though. Okay. That's much better. Um, okay. That's the mailbag show. Finishing movie. Um, tickle torture. Uh, gotcha. Uh, I don't know. Um, a suplex of some kind. Mine would be called the breach bounce. My my brother, nice. we're the we're my my parents have a small pool at their house, and we we're there. Uh, my brother hanging out with my brother. My son hadn't seen him since like Christmas recently, and um, <laughs> Charlie was putting me in the razor's edge, doing the razor's edge to me in the pool because my brother's huge, and putting me in the rack. And my my son could not stop laughing hysterically. He's like, "Do it again, the razor's edge, get him, Uncle Charlie." Charlie's just holding me up, like shaking me violently over the sky. It was pretty good. Uh, all right, anything to add? No. All right, we're out of here. Great stuff. Make sure to check back tomorrow. More gambling week rolls on. If you got any fantasy football questions, DM me or email me. Uh, we'll get you. We're getting close to the season. Pump for it. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.